being filled with the Holy Ghost. Right. Um, the common perception, or what do you think is the common perception when you hear somebody being filled with the Holy Ghost? You speak in tongues. Amen? Okay. Is that all right? And so, um, evidently we do know that uh, so many persons do not or have not come to be able to be speaking in tongues. So therefore, such an individual is not filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Okay. But I want us to look at the scripture tonight. I think it, to me it's going to help you because... I was asking myself, when I started reading and this thought comes, a question came to me and said, why do you want to teach what you want to teach? And then the answer also came, so that the people can know who they are. Amen? Okay, so I'm, I'm trying to teach this. Let's get on to Acts. So being filled with the Holy Ghost. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. Or full of the Holy Spirit. Whichever way you want to title it is okay. But let's get to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse number 4. <clears throat> Praise God. Act 2 verse number 4. Bible says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Is that alright? So, that's the, the first scripture and the most common scripture that we have always used and believed to be the evidence. In fact, the way it is said is, with evidence of speaking in tongues. So, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, then the proof of your being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. And it's all based on this scripture. But there's something I want you to note in your Bible. If you have your Bible, you can mark that. It said, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay? And I'm going to explain that later. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So they spoke because the Spirit gave them entrance to speak. All right. Uh, I'm going to explain that, like I said, as we make progress. Okay, now, let's get down to, and I'm going to cite about three or four persons who were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to find out whether they spoke in tongues as an evidence or there was something else in their life that proved that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so if we find a parallel, uh, with some of our figures, and maybe you got to realize that even though you don't seem to be speaking in tongues, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, then I should have been able to achieve my aim tonight of teaching you on this particular subject of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So now, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, I'm going to be reading from verse 18. This is uh, about John the Baptist. Amen. Luke 1. Let's start reading from verse 13. Are we all there? Bible said this. Uh, but the angel said unto him, Fear not Zacharias. Now, the angel is speaking to Zacharias. Is that okay? Are we together? Alright. Fear not Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his bed, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. Even from his mother's womb. But somebody can mic that one. Hallelujah. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the heart of the fathers to the children. 
and the disobedient of the wisdom of the jaws to make ready a people prepare for the Lord. Hallelujah. Are we there together? Now the question is, we are told that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. He was not filled when he was in service. Am I right? Even before he came here, he was filled. Now the question is, what was this feeling going to do or enable him to do? It was not. Now listen, he was free from his mother's womb, but there is nothing to say he was speaking in tongue in his mother's womb. Did he say so? But we do know that because he was free from his mother's womb, there was something he was going to achieve. What was it? Turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Is that all right? And that disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepare for the Lord. So the ministry that John was going to fulfill, which is more like the ministry of reconciliation between fathers and son, was what the Holy Spirit that he was filled with was going to enable him to do what? To accomplish. Did you get the point there? The purpose of the infilling or being filled with the Holy Spirit from birth, in the case of John the Baptist, was to the heart of the fathers to the children, then the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. The wisdom of the just has to do with those who are to be justified in Christ. So the ministry of John, the proclamation of John, was going to accomplish these two major purposes in Israel. And that is why he was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. So it was not just the issue of utterance, it was an assignment and it was a job. Does that make sense? Let's move on just a little bit. Let's look at that same um, Luke chapter 1. Let's start from verse 38. Luke chapter 1 verse 38. Are we there? Bible says, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her, like the angel that brought thee the news about the conception. Amen? And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah. And entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe lived in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with what? The Holy Ghost. So what follows after being filled? Just look at it. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of the womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in my ear, the babe leaped in my womb. And blessed is she that believeth, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Can I hear any man to that? What happened when Elizabeth was filled? She prophesied. Does that make sense? She prophesied. She didn't just speak in tongues. (laughs) So now, 
it simply also shows that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the things that you can do is to prophesy. And I'm going to explain a little bit what prophecy is supposed to mean in this context. But because she was filled, remember, as soon as Mary greeted, the child lived, she was filled, she spoke with a loud voice. That means it was a situation where she couldn't control herself. She busted into prophecy and began to speak forth what the child was going to accomplish. Hallelujah. You do find it there? She was filled and what did she do? She prophesied. John was filled. She accomplished ministry of reconciliation between father and sons. Disobedient to the wisdom of the just. Amen. I want you to note it so you can begin to pick that. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. What can possibly be accomplished? Amen. Okay, let's continue with that same look. I love so much the things I got from Luke as I was uh, looking at this. Uh, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Let's start reading from 66. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Are we there now? 66. And all they that have them laid laid them up in their hearts. Saying, what manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zachariah was filled. Now remember when he came from the temple. Is that okay? Alright. Talking about John. His name is going to be John. And so on. And his father Zachariah was filled with the Holy Ghost. And did what? Prophesy. Saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he had visited and redeemed his people, and had raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of the holy prophets, which had been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to redeem. Remember his holy covenant. Hallelujah. What happened here? Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to reveal the intents of God through the life of Jesus Christ. Amen? God's intention, God's salvation was now being revealed because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you come to a place where you begin to see God's intention not only for your life, not only about your salvation, if need be for other people. Amen? So there was a revelation of the intents of God as he prophesied as a way of guiding his people to receive the child and the message that it carries. So prophecy, prophecy brings us to the position of knowing and as it is, when you are being filled with what? The Holy Ghost. Now, this is not a prerogative of certain individuals in the house of God. I'm trying to make you see this so that you can position yourself to come to the place where you should be. That there are some things you can know because you are filled by what? The Holy Spirit. 
divine wisdom is imparted to you as a result of your being filled with the Holy Spirit. We are not told here Zachariah spoke in tongues, but he prophesied because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Alright. Let me give you a little bit of close definition of that. Go to the book of Numbers chapter 11. I just pray that an understanding come to you tonight so that you don't see yourself to be somebody who is not able, who have nothing to offer because you don't speak in tongues in that sense. Now, but don't get this right. I believe in speaking in tongues. And every one of you, every one of you know I do speak in tongues. But I want you to understand something much more than just speaking in tongues in terms of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that alright? Okay. Numbers chapter 11. Are we there together? I'm reading from verse 16. I'm going to jump some verses. Uh, more verse 24. But let's, let's from verse 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand before with me. I may stand there with thee. Okay? Now go to verse 24. 24. And Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and gathered the seventy men of the elders of the people, and set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in the cloud, and spoke unto him, and took off the spirit that was upon him, and gave it unto the seventy elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, what did they do? They prophesied, and did not cease. Amen? Okay. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the older Meldad. And the spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. Is that all right? Praise the living God. All right. I want you, you can read the story. The rest of the story is there. Until Joshua had to run down to tell Moses, these people didn't come, I hear they are prophesying. But there is something I also want you to pick there. You find that the Bible says, they didn't come out of the, their, their, their camps to the tabernacle, but the Spirit rested on them. Why? Because their names were written. Is that okay? And that will also make you see that if your name is registered by God in the Spirit dimension, or you belong to a particular portion of people or group of people that God have ordained that you should be part of them, no matter where you are, the Spirit of the Lord can locate you. Is that alright? The Spirit can locate you, and this is one of the reasons why you could pray and the Spirit can do things outside of your geographical location. Did you understand what I'm saying here? They didn't come to the camp, but the Bible said they prophesied. Why? Because their names were written among those that were supposed to come to the camp to quit the Spirit that God was going to pick from Moses should be upon them. Now, when the Bible said they prophesied, I want you to understand something. What were they prophesying about? In the true sense of it, what really happened here was they received wisdom to be elders among the twelve tribes of Israel to manage the affairs of the community. The prophecy was not a like kind of sin vision. But here they were empowered with wisdom from above. So one of the things that prophecy really does for you is that it grants you the wisdom from above as compared to earthly wisdom in running the affairs of God and even running your own life. 
That is why I often be saying this. When you speak in tongues and you interpret the tongues you speak, interpretation of tongues and speaking in tongues equals prophecy. It gives you direction of which way to go, which way you ought to go, and what God has in mind for you. That is the excess of speaking in tongues and interpreting your tongues. Are we together? So what God did here was, he granted these people the spirit of wisdom, so that, don't you forget, the whole of this thing happened because there was a complaint in the camp, the people were grumbling, they wanted more food, and Moses was complaining to God. Is that okay? So it's like God was saying, okay, you feel too lonely or too much of being alone to take care of the people. You get 70 people to join you to manage the community. Is that okay? Now, so what it means is the wisdom you have in managing the people, I'm going to take out of you and give to them so that they too can be part of those to join you to manage the community. Can you get that? So when the Bible said they prophesy, it's not as if they were maybe prophesying some things or seeing vision. That is not ultimately what it means. It really simply means that they started prophesying because now they were filled with the wisdom of God, which is connected to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they can prophesy. Now, the intentions of God for the community was being made known. Now, they can run with Moses. They can manage the affairs of the Israelite with Moses in the wilderness as a community of 70 elders. Are you following this? Are we together? Meaning, in position of leadership, even in the church, it's expected that those who should be in leadership are actually those who ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because you don't run the affairs of a congregation of God with wisdom of men. Are you getting this? He said, we, we, we do so many things, we make so many choices, which are actually our choices. And when I use the word, it's in, this, it's in this wise. We make the choices without God bringing in or picking from us the spirit that is in us to rest on the people. And that also teaches us that if we truly have to be leaders to work with certain individuals, we should carry their spirit. Because the spirit that was going to rest on the seventh year, that was going to come from... Moses. Did you see that? It's this spirit of Moses that God was going to take and impute into these people so that they can see as Moses think, think as Moses think, walk as Moses walk. Because God's wisdom to run the community was going to come to Moses. Now, Moses complained this work is too much, so he's just bringing people to join him to do the work. But it's not enough just to join Moses to do the work. These people have to have the same mind, the same spirit that Moses had. And for that to be done, they have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And for them to be filled with the Holy Ghost, they have to see the mind of God for the community. So true leadership, this is one of the major qualifications for the true leader in the church. To be filled with the Holy Ghost. Are we there? Praise the Lord. Are you picking anything from what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you should be able to know if you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Even if you don't speak in tongues. Just like I'm going to explain what happened in Acts chapter 2. But if you are in position of leadership, it's expected that you are filled with the Holy Ghost. And so, one of the evidences, if you will, is that you begin to see the mind of God in terms of leadership 
wisdom from above. We begin to manifest through you. You don't use natural wisdom in running the affairs of God. You don't use community lifestyle the way we do it in the community, on the villages, in our home to run the affairs of God. They have to be specific wisdom that God imputes to you to manage his own affairs. Because God's kingdom is different from the kingdom of the world. Am I talking to someone here? And for that to happen, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see? So, we, we, it's, it's God beyond just speaking in tongues as an evidence. One of the evidences that you need to look for that you can pick from somebody who is filled with the Holy Spirit is his management ability or capability in terms of the wisdom of God. You know, remember, James writes about the wisdom from above and the wisdom that is sensual. Remember that? Amen? So there are two wisdoms. So now, what God did here was to impart unto these people godly wisdom from above. And he picked that from Moses. Meaning from this instant, the seventh year that can see the things that the rest of the community cannot see. Why? Because now they are filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we know they were filled with the Holy Spirit? They prophesied. Because when Zechariah was filled with the Holy Ghost, what did he do? He prophesied. Am I making sense? Some of you need to be filled tonight. Hallelujah. Go back to Luke chapter number 4. I mean chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 2. I'm sure I'm right here. Let's get down to verse 22 of Luke chapter 2. You can get through what I'm talking about and stand anywhere knowing that you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Luke 2 verse 22. And the Bible says, And when the days of our purification, that is talking about uh, dedication of uh, Jesus now, when he was 12 years old or whatever the case may be. Is that all right? Are we together? Okay. And when the days of purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. That is Jesus now. As it is written in the law of Lord, every male that will open the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is laid in the law of the Lord, a pair of tortoise dolls or two young pigeons. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And the same man was just and David waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Are you there? And it was revealed unto him by what? By the Holy Ghost. That he should not say that before he has seen the lost child, the lost Christ. Is that okay? Okay. And he came by what? The Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lo, now let thy servant depart in peace according to the word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light of light in the Gentiles and a glory of thy people Israel. Now, I want you to see the progression. Hallelujah. 
The man was filled with what? The Holy Spirit. I just want you to see the progression. Amen. And because he was filled with the Holy Spirit, there were certain things that were revealed to him about his life. You will not see death until you've seen the child. Are you getting that? Why? Because he was filled with what? With the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to catch that. It means there are some things you can know about your life because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Simeon was not going to die until he see the Lord. And the Bible said, it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see that before. Why? Because he was also filled with the Holy Ghost. For the Holy Ghost was upon him. If his, if his movement, even his movement to the temple was by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That is why, you see, when you pray, be sensitive. Whether you pray in tongue or you pray in the natural and your own understanding, be sensitive to hear what God has to say. Because number one, I want to put it across to you tonight. You are filled with the Holy Ghost. So you need to walk with the Holy Ghost to find some things about your life, to find directions about your life, to reveal more to you about your life. Meaning, the evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost is that you cannot be careless about life. Because there is a guiding principle resident within you. Hallelujah. Major evidence to me. We are about moving to Malaysia and I was speaking to Maxwell this morning or yesterday. When I was praying in the night, two nights ago, there were certain things that we were looking at together. The Lord began to make me say, you're going to teach, you're going to teach, you're going to teach. Three things. He said, you're going to teach them in this particular church. This one you're going to teach in the particular church. And I came out and told him, I said, no, I can agree and approve those things that we're suggesting. I have to teach this one. I have to teach this one. Evidence is not just speaking in tongues. Evidence is clear direction of the leading of the Lord. Are you getting that? So if the Lord is leading you, you are sure of his leadership, then you can know that you are filled with what? With the Holy Spirit. Very crucial. You can't be careless with your life. You can't be walking carelessly. You can't, hey, you can't live your life at the mercy of some people to continuously give you guidance about life. No. But you come to the place where you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you are sure of that infallible guiding system from within. It's just there. Anytime you go to God in prayer, something is stirred on your inside. And then, you see, the next thing you can start prophesying. You can be prophesying about your life. I'm not just talking about people. It's, you think prophecy is always about people. No, 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 no. It's not just always about people. It's about your situation, knowing some things about your life. You can prophesy about your life. 
You can pray to a point where the prayer becomes a prophecy. And you know exactly what God wants you to do. Has been filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I want you to grow. That is always my major concern. Amen. Praise the living God. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because we've seen this thing from our perspective and so many of us is like we're not part of the church. We're not part of what God is doing. In fact, we've come to a place where it is like we do not value yet what Christ has done because of the standard that has been laid which has to do with if you are filled with the Holy Spirit you start speaking in tongues. It doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. Hallelujah. So I'm giving you evidences. Is that okay? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Can we go to the book of Luke chapter 4? Let's go to Luke chapter 4. <clears throat> Being filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Luke 4. You know the story, I'm not going to read all of that, but it has to do with the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. Is that okay? Right. Led to the wilderness by the Holy Spirit or by the Spirit and then was tempted by the devil. But let's look at 1415. 1415. Evidence will be filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible said that Jesus returned. Are we there together? In the power of the Spirit unto Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Now what I want you to know there is, if you read that translation, tell us it was filled, kind of, as the case may be. But with the power of the Holy Spirit. What's the next thing that follow? Action. The fame went forth, but an action took place. I want you to see that. Because he was filled, there was something he did. Apart from his fame spreading abroad, he went in to begin to teach. And while he was teaching, signs and wonders began to do what? Follow. Evidence of being filled is action and essence of wonders. We are not told Jesus came and started speaking. Amen? He, was, he came from the temptation as he came, was filled with the Holy Spirit, came with the same power of the Holy Spirit. When the Bible says his fame spread abroad, it was because of what he did. Hallelujah. Began to speak. The first time he went to the temple, he had to do healing there. His first healing was right there in the temple. Why? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. We are not told he spoke in tongues yet. What's the proof of being filled, I can see here, is what he did. Action. Now, this is where you're going to see where the Bible says you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost come upon you. Remember that? And you shall be what? Witnesses. Major evidence is a witness of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to explain Acts chapter 2 to you, or for you. But understand, when the Bible says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you shall receive power, the next thing that follows you receiving power is to become what? Witnesses. When Jesus came, the power came, the next thing it is, move to the temple. He didn't go to his house. So major evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is the boldness to witness. With power. 
with signs following. Major evidence. Not just tongues. But if you come to a place in your life where you see yourself moving, you see yourself being driven to share the word, just know it's an evidence of you being filled the, with the Holy Spirit. And if you move in that dimension in obedience to the staring on your inside, signs and wonder will accompany your movement. Let me give that to you again as a, it's a proof. Because some of you may not catch this as I'm saying. Can we turn to Acts chapter 6? Let me see, show you something here. Acts chapter 6. Are we there? Praise the Lord. I'm going to look on verse 1. Acts chapter 6. Verse 1. Evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Are we there in Acts 6? And in those days, that's within the church, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is no reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Yes, sir. Hmm? We are for brethren. Now, just in case you don't know, this is actually where the issue of Dickens came from. You remember that? Okay. But you know, the church have turned Dickens to be another class of people in the church. So Dickens are the people that give instruction. No. Dickens are meant to serve tables. Hmm? All our sanctuary cleaners, they are actually Dickens. Hallelujah. They were able to serve the food. They were able to prepare the meal during conferences. These are Dickens. Dickens are not titles for some people to hang themselves up and their leg will not get to the crown or something like that. And then uh, official Dickens uh, ordination and then they have to eat some food. That is not biblical Dickenship. Amen? Come on, are we together? All right. So the Dickens were brought into place so that the apostles can give them same to fasting and prayer and the word. Eh? Okay. Now verse number three. Are we there? We are for brethren. Look here among yourselves, seven men of honest report. And what's the next thing? Full of the Holy Ghost. And what? Wisdom. Who may appoint over this business. So serving the church itself is what? A business. Meaning, for you to be even appointed or for you to really truly come to that place, you should be full of the Holy Ghost. Because your work requires wisdom. Serving food required wisdom. So that you don't cause more trouble. Because there was already trouble here. They don't give us food because we are not Hebrew people. Or that's because I'm a Gentile. That's, you know, that kind of a thing. But then, the disciples say, no, 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 it doesn't have to be so. You have to serve everybody. Now let's get the people who will not be thinking Hebrew or Greek. Is that okay? Men with wisdom, but full of what? The Holy Ghost. I want you to understand that. 
So, listen, sanctuary cleaners, whatever thing you think you're doing or you're supposed to be doing, don't take it carelessly. It should be done with the wisdom of God from above. It should be done with a consciousness that you are filled with the Holy Ghost. That is why God has to give you insight as to what you want to do. As to how to decorate the hall, as to how to put things right, to arrange the seat. It has to be with wisdom. You can't be a sanctuary cleaner, you come to arrange it. Look at this chair, they are all properly put in place. But you can't see the chairs scattered. You come in here, you cannot see that the chairs are scattered. No, then you are not full with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will see proper arrangement in all situations. Are we here together? Being full of the Holy Ghost. So, to me, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you begin to have a sense of beauty, sense of creativity, <laughs> sense of accurate designs, perception, glory. Hallelujah. I like this. Okay, I'll take it again. Verse 3. We have a look, brethren, looking out among seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who may appoint over this business. Look at verse number 4. But we give ourselves continually to prayer unto the minister of the word. Amen? Then number 5. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen. What's the definition? A man full of faith and of what? Come on, talk with me. And of what? The Holy Spirit. And Philip. And Prochorus. And uh, Nicolio. And Timon. Parmenas. Nicholas. A proselyte of Antioch. Whom they set. Before the apostles. And when they had prayed. They did their hands on them. And the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient through the faith. Now I like verse number 8 again. Look at verse number 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, full of Holy Ghost, equal full of faith and power now, did what? Great wonders and miracles among the people. Did you get that? We are not told he started speaking in tongues. He was full of the Holy Spirit and he started with deaconship. From his position of deaconship in terms of serving tables, there was a flow of this full of the Holy Ghost that began to come out of him and the next thing was miracles begin to follow. Not just tongues. Do you use tongues to serve tables? What do you need to serve table is wisdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you catching anything from this? Jesus came out of the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says his fame spread abroad because he went about, I mean, teaching the world and healings were taking place in the temple and things like that. Stephen, who was supposed to be a deacon, was full of it. Let me tell you, brethren, every one of us is full of the Spirit. We should be full of the Holy Spirit in whatever thing we're doing. Right from technical to the choir, down to ushers, you should be full of the Holy Ghost. You can't be full of the Holy Ghost and your life is in disorganization, disarray. I mean, you can't be full of the Holy Spirit and you are not composed about life. You can't be full of the Holy Spirit and you don't have direction for your living. No, not at all. Your tongue is not an evidence to me. 
A man who is full of the Holy Spirit is an organized person. Can I hear amen to that? Perception, clarity about life. He knows where he's going. Focus. Because he's full of the Holy Spirit. Evidence has to do with the things you do. Not just your mouth. Because when Jesus was filled, he went into ministry. When Stephen was filled, he went into ministry. When John was filled, he went into ministry. Zachariah was full. He prophesied by the ministry. Simon was full. He got direction. Why is it that we are full of the Spirit and the only thing we can do is speak in tongues and yet our life is so much in confusion? It's because of the way we are taught. Hallelujah. Are we following? So the evidence of being full of the Holy Ghost is the miracles he performed and not just what? Speaking in tongues. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. So then, what does Acts chapter 2 mean? Acts chapter 2. Let's look at it. You know, all of these things I'm trying to tell you tonight, you can just take them and then they become keys that can enable you to begin to search the scriptures and then you can begin to find more evidence for yourself as to what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? I'm just giving you keys that can help you out. And then for you to have the assurance within you as well that you are not just in the church and that you're waiting for something to prove that you feel of the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to make you see you can look for specific evidences that will prove to you that the Spirit of God has filled your life. The Bible says we have received of His fullness. Did He say so? The book of Ephesians. We have received of his fullness. Okay. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read from the Living Bible. And then um, Living Bible. So I'm reading from verse number 1. I'm reading the Living Bible, okay? Praise the Lord. Seven weeks had gone by since Jesus' death and resurrection. And the day of Pentecost had now arrived. As the believers met together that day, suddenly there was a sound like the roaring of a mighty windstorm in the skies above them. And they filled the house where they were meeting. Verse 3. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on their heads. And everyone praised and was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in the languages they didn't know. For the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. I decided to go to a simpler translation so that you can understand what really happened in our chapter 2. Amen? As the Spirit rested upon them, they began to speak in languages that they didn't know. So, okay. Read on, verse 5. But note that verse uh, 4 very well. The Bible says the Holy Spirit gave them this ability 
So it was a specific ability that was granted to them on that particular day. And it for a reason, which I'm going to explain to you. So you can see, the, okay, let's just read on verse 5. Many godly Jews were in Jerusalem. Godly Jews mean those who believe now. That day for the religious celebrations. Having arrived from many nations. Follow it. Verse 6. And when they had the roaring in the sky above the house, crowds came running to see what it was all about. And were stunned to hear. To me, the storm, the cloud, the noise was a point of attraction to draw the people to what God wants to do. And was turned to hear their own languages being spoken by the disciples. Hallelujah. Are you following this? Meaning, okay, just read on and let me show you. Verse 7. How can this be? They exclaimed. For these men are all from Galilee. And verse 8. And yet we hear them speaking all the native languages of this land. Where we were born. Here we are. Persians, Meldis, Elamites, men from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, Asia Minor, Phryga, Pamphylia, Egypt, the Serene languages area of Libya, visitors from Rome, both Jews and Jewish converts, Christians and Arabians, and we all hear these men Telling in our own languages about what? The mighty miracles of God. That's the reason. Hallelujah. Why did God give them that ability? Because that day God wanted to make the whole world to know. Something is just happening and just had happened. And he wanted to proclaim and broadcast to the rest of creation the new season of God. Now, he made it in such a way that the people doesn't need an interpreter. So if I were there and I spoke in Isoko language, somebody from Egypt will hear me without me being an Egyptian or having learned the Egypt language. One word but being distributed to all the various tribes now. I have explained this sometime in the course of my teaching, but can I make it clear to you the reason why God did this? Here, God was bringing one language because the thing that people is one language and one mind to be able to achieve for God. And you find that in the book of Genesis, chapter 11, where the Bible says, because they were all in one language, there was nothing that was going to be impossible for them to do in building the Tower of Babel. Is that okay? So what did God do? He confused your language. Now, God wanted to bring man back to himself. He has to bring them with what? One language. Meaning, what God was doing here, he was speaking one language and everybody now begin to understand that they were all coming together. What is scattered in Genesis 11, he was rebuilding in what? In our chapter 2. Do you understand this? This is what happened. So, uh, what, what is going on here was, if you look at verse 12, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. There was nothing. They couldn't understand what was going on. Because, come to think about it, I'm speaking in English now. Everybody similarly can understand me. But if I have to turn to my own native dialect, 
it will be difficult for some persons to understand me. But what we are saying, and God gave the ability that day, that the language that the people were speaking, everybody who was right in Jerusalem, begin to do what? Begin to understand. They were full of the Holy Spirit. But this is a unique ability that was granted that day to win souls to the kingdom of God. That when the whatever thing they were saying, whoever was hearing the sound could do what? Could understand. Hallelujah. So if you limit speaking in tongues to me the evidence of, 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 of being full of the Holy Ghost, automatically you are saying when you are full of the Holy Spirit, when you speak, any tribe can hear you. But is that what we see today? Because that's what it means. It means anytime you begin to speak, even in your own language, somebody else can hear you who is not your language. But that's not what it means. So, the issue of the evidence of being, I mean, speaking in tongues is when you're full of the Holy Spirit, the proof of you being full of the Holy Spirit is that you speak in tongues. If you want to speak in tongues that way, it means if you want to follow in contents, in relation to Acts chapter 2, it means I must understand what you're saying. Does that make sense? Because when they spoke on this day, people understood them. Come on, are we together? Amen? Right. If this is what it means to speak in tongue with the evidence of the Holy Spirit, simply mean, if I speak in this context, you should understand me. And if you speak, I should understand. So whatever tongue you are speaking, I don't need an interpreter. Because I ought to understand. So, this tongue you see here is completely different from the tongue in 1 Corinthians 14. I've explained that before. Maybe I'm going to find out to teach it again. There are about four different levels of speaking in tongues you need to know. The tongue you speak in your own private on prayer section or even sometimes in fellowship is nothing to do with Acts chapter 2, one bit. Is that okay? Are we together? Yeah, yeah. So when you speak here, uh, this guy from Liberia, it means if I'm speaking now, if I have to speak my language and I'm, I'm going to operate on this, God gave me the ability to speak on this, it means you should be able to understand me when I speak in my own native language. It doesn't need somebody to interpret what I'm saying. That's why the Bible says God gave them this ability. Did you find it there? This ability means it was a unique utterance that was granted them because of what God intended to do at that particular time. But when you go to first Corinthians chapter 14 down, you're going to be reading about speaking in tongues, which is one you use in the church, in praying and all of that. But Acts chapter 2, it's not just an evidence because you are fooling the Holy Ghost. Because if you think it this way, it simply means so many of you who are supposed to be empowered to do what you are supposed to do, you don't function because you feel you don't speak in tongues. But I'm here to explain to you tonight that when you come to the place of being full on the Holy Spirit, there are many things that begin to happen in your life. Amen? Okay, one more scripture and then we're done. First Corinthians 12. First Corinthians 12, I read from verse 6. From verse 6. Up to verse number 13. First Corinthians 12, verse 6. Are we there? And there were um, diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh in all, I mean all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with that. In other words, 
if you are full of the Holy Spirit, there is something specific that you can do because you are full of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you look at that of Stephen, he said he was full of the Holy Spirit. And he said, full of faith and what? And wisdom. He was full of the Holy Spirit, but what he needed to function as a deacon was faith and what? And wisdom. So faith and wisdom was distributed to Stephen to be able to function as a deacon. Did you get that? So Barona said, the spirit distributes as he wills. So everybody is supposed to profit. Okay, verse number 8. For the one is given by the spirit the word of knowledge to another the word of wisdom. Sorry, word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another, faith by the same spirit to another, the gift of healing. Can you see that verse number nine? To another, faith. What did Stephen get? Faith and wisdom. Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. So you see, in your own life, there are specific giftings of the Spirit that works in conjunction with you to be able to fulfill the calling of God upon your life. Stephen had to pick wisdom and what? And faith. Did you see that? Come on, are we together? Alright. To another faith by the same spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same spirit, to another uh, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another designing of spirit, to another diverse kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all this work that one are the same spirit, dividing to every man severally as what he wills. For as the body is one and have many members and all the members of that body being many are one body, so also is who is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews and Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into what? One spirit. Hallelujah. Amen? I'm to say, don't look for the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit only in tongues in people. But a proof of what the Holy Ghost can enable them to do. Both for themselves and the body of Christ in particular. So, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you must come to know some specific things, not only about your life, but also about the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And by that, I conclude by saying, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You should be able to look for the evidence within yourself in the things that you can do because the Spirit gives the ability for every one of us to do what He wants us to do. Praise the Lord.